how a simple shout out on a Zoom call inspired me to create something bigger. Welcome to the Experiences Podcast. I'm your host, Germano Denise. This podcast looks at the experiences of individuals working in spaces where they are one of one or one of a few. Today's show features my conversation with Jordan Brown, Director of Equity and Inclusion at Jesuit High School in Carmichael, California. Jordan's shout out to me during the People of Color Conference in December of 2020 became the inspiration for this podcast. In this episode, Jordan and I discuss his path to a career in education, his current work, and his goals for the future. Yeah, so when I seen you, and I was like, okay, that's what's up. Yeah, so it was a good, it was a good moment to be like, okay, like, yeah, let me shout people out because that's one thing we do is like when I when I learn at a youth development program I used to work at in Oakland, and we do like shout outs and call outs, and just as a way to honor folks you know that are here and that have passed away. And so that's kind of something that's been instilled in me throughout the years. And just I bring that into the practice of the students, especially the BSU, just because I think it's important to know our ancestors, you know, hold each other up. That's Jordan describing to me how and why he decided to give me a shout out. The event happened at the conclusion of the POCC and came as a complete surprise to me. Jordan's humble gesture gave me the inspiration to create a space where educators of color could talk about their experiences and serve as an inspiration to those considering a career in education. As someone who has a direct connection with Jordan and Jesuit High School, it was fitting for him to be my very first guest. From 1996 to 2001, I was a teacher at Jesuit High School. I was the first African-American male teacher to be hired at the school. Dorothy Ellis and I were the only teachers of color at the time, so when I found out that Jordan was now a faculty member at the school, there was a sense of pride that came over me. Jordan was a student during my final year, and I served as his football coach. He was a talented player and energetic young man who was actively involved in the Black Student Union. In 2001, I left Jesuit and lost contact with Jordan. So when we did reconnect, there was a lot to catch up on. I wanted to know what was the same, what was different. However, the very first thing that I asked Jordan to do was to give me his description of this place that both he and I had such fond memories of. For clarification purposes, Jesuit High School sits on the border of Sacramento in Carmichael, California. It is often called Jesuit Sacramento. Well, Jesuit is located in an affluent area. It's a predominantly white school. It costs money to go there. It's a Catholic institution, an all-boys school. So it has a little bit of history. It's kind of like when you say it in Sacramento, people are like, oh, Jesuit? You know, like they get that. They, they see that. It's a cultural thing, like driving a nice car. Jordan's description took me back to 1996. And if someone would have asked me to describe Jesuit, I would have said the exact same thing. I encountered so many like, oh, wow, you worked there moments during my five-year stint at Jesuit. And I echo the same sentiments of Jordan. It really was and felt like a status symbol. You were working at the best school in Sacramento and you felt it. And when you were working around people, they made you feel good about it. It has almost been 20 years since I moved on. And I was happy to see that there were notable changes. There is a director of equity and inclusion, and there are people of color working on campus in very prominent roles. The head football coach and two members of the school administrative team are people of color. Jesuit continues to make positive strides in the area of diversity, and Jordan feels supported by the current administration. I think that's helpful to the school. There's like body is from Egypt, Raz, HBCU, just bringing those different things to the campus and their selves has really been helpful, I think. Because I was there before they came, and so I can see the difference. Before I get too deep into what Jesuit is like today, 
I want to go back to how Jordan got his start as an educator. Jordan's path to a career in education started early on. His mom was a teacher, and he was around educators at a very early age. After earning a bachelor's degree, he began working with the San Francisco-based organization Conscious Youth Media Group. Jordan's ability to teach others audio and video production was the beginning of his career in education. It's culture and media can connect to learning and education. It's kind of like, oh, okay, like I've, I've been doing this. I teach my friends how to make beats. I teach my friends how to make videos and all these things. So it's like I've been teaching, but just doing it in a like more you know traditional stance, you know, setting of the classroom, whatever, kind of put me on that path. After a successful stint with CYMC, he moved on to a job with another community organization, Brothers on the Rise in Oakland. Jordan gained more teaching experience working with young adults and felt a connection to the group. His work with these young men reminded him of his days at Jesuit. Jordan took advantage of the opportunities given to him to learn about teaching young men and the importance of establishing support systems and learning networks. Brothers on the Rise, which is a really cool organization, they put me on these learning networks. And from there, it was like, okay, these are other educators who are trying to better themselves, trying to get on their game and their passion and their uniqueness is really interesting because we're working with people from the community who are focusing on manhood for young men. And being in those learning communities, they put me on a different stuff that I hadn't got a chance to work with or, or sit with in my mind when it comes to like being a man, dealing with women, dealing with community and things like that. So I feel like between CYMC with the video and then Brothers on the Rise was like my first kind of initial steps into teaching. Jordan was now ready to look for jobs working in traditional schools, and he was faced with the dilemma that many educators of color face. Should he seek employment in black and brown neighborhoods, or would he look for jobs in more affluent areas? Shortly before leaving Brothers on the Rise, Jordan was offered a job in the Oakland Hills. He and I discussed how he wrestled with the decision to leave, but it was simply the best move for him. The move to Thornhill gave Jordan the necessary experience and confidence to eventually return back to Jesuit. So I left Brothers on the Rise to work at an elementary school in Montclair, which is like in the hills. It's just like nice area. And it was totally different population. I was really kind of torn between that, but it was going towards more of my passion. So it was focused on the, the black and brown students, focused on the passion of working with technology. I had a lot of resources when I went over there, which was cool. I wanted to work with the black and brown kids for sure, but... At the same time, like I couldn't do the technology pieces that I wanted to do there because of the money, because of just their programming, how they structured it and whatnot. So I was like trying to wrestle with that. I jumped on board to go to Thornhill. I had a lot of mentors give me some game. It was like, yeah. So I did it. They all understood. It was a good move because there were so many ways that I had to sharpen my skills that prepared me to work in Jesuit, like working with predominantly white students and the parents and, you know, the administration and things like that. Jordan returned to Jesuit in 2017 as the Director of Educational Technology, and one of his primary jobs was to find culturally relevant resources and technology for both teachers and students. While serving in this capacity, Jordan was the moderator of the Black Student Union, and it was during this time that he began working in the Equity and Inclusion Office. In April of 2020, the prior director unexpectedly departed the school, and Jordan was named director. I asked Jordan to describe the position to those unfamiliar with his work in the DEI office. Basically, he took the job, and now that I'm a DEI, I run the, e, the Equity Inclusion Committee. I also help with the Faith and Justice Corps, which is five different people in different parts, campus ministry, adult faith formation, professional development, focusing on anti-racism uh, education, racial justice education, 
every week I meet with these DEI folks who do the same type of work, but at different Jesuit schools across the country. We meet and share notes, talk about things, events that are happening, vent a little bit. We also have, you know, some faculty members come talk about the experiences that they're having, do some type of support for understanding race within the classroom or like how to talk about race in the class or presenting a workshop or that I found or whatever that may look like so that they can feel more comfortable about talking about. It. And I'm still figuring it out too at the same time, but I'm just a, more, a little bit more ahead of the game than some of these people are. I wrapped up my conversation with Jordan by asking him what would he like to see accomplished at Jesuit in the next five years? And I was very impressed with his answer. First, I would love to have ethnic studies course. <laughs> Students want that knowledge. They want to learn more about their world. Another thing would be like a specific parent group focus on DEI initiatives at the school, because um, those are the ones who have the power and the money and then and the visibility of what we do at Jesuit, right? Like nobody knows about the things that we, we had a social justice summit five, four years in a row. I don't think the general public knows of that. So then when they do this, like we stand against racism. Thing. It looks kind of fake because they don't really outline, they don't put out, and like, I'm not saying Jesuit's perfect or they're doing this great stuff, but at least showcase stuff that you do. People don't see the school mission often and they just equate, you know, whatever we're doing with race as like some new age BLM critical race theory. So it's, that's another thing, just visualizing and making people know, like, this is what this school is about. So yeah, just the, the visualization, the parent component and more education for the students. I had a wonderful time talking with Jordan and walked away from our conversation with a feeling that he and the administrative team have the school moving in a positive direction. Jordan is passionate about his work, eager to get things done, but most of all, his energy is positive. In the time that we spent on Zoom, he focused on the things that the school is doing right and did not dwell on the things that he would do differently. He has clear-cut goals for the future of the DEI office and plans to connect with those black alums who had less than a positive experience while a Jesuit. Jordan embodies the Jesuit model of men for others, and I want to thank him for his dedication to the craft of teaching. I wish Jordan all the best and look forward to having him back on the podcast. Thank you for tuning in to episode one of the Experiences Podcast. I would like to thank my guest, Jordan Brown, for taking the time to share his story with me and the listeners. Stay tuned for future episodes, and if you want to find out more about today's guest and other information about the show, make sure to follow us at The Experiences Podcast on Instagram. Take care, be well, and see you next time.